Hello and welcome to episode 686 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It's Monday, May 13th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, how's it going, man? It's going well. I got my daughter's first play tonight, so that's going to be uh, fun and interesting, and she's the lead in it, so, Ooh, so she's I like super that. excited. Yeah, she's playing Harry Potter in a Harry Potter play. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I hope it goes well. Um, we are recording in the afternoon. Again, it's going to be kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes it'll be afternoon, sometimes it'll be morning, just kind of depending on our schedules and your sleep schedule. I have an article due on, on deadline every Monday afternoon, so sometimes... If you got to get some sleep, it works really well for me. So just kind of look forward. It's going to be out on Monday. We can guarantee that, and we'll tweet out otherwise. But uh, sometimes it'll be late after, or early afternoon. Sometimes it'll be late afternoon. But uh, we're going to dive right into it. A little bit of a news episode and then pickups uh, of the week, kind of the interesting players there. Uh, nothing too crazy here. Let's start with the Yankees, as we have relatively often this year already because of all the stuff they've been dealing with. Don't worry, Yankees fans got a little bit of good news, but <laughs> I got to start with the negative, and that's Miguel Andahar head right back to the IL. Clearly uh, not not feeling well, not going right with him, uh, and the torn labrum. And so this this can't be good. Yeah, well, this is one of the things we talked about in terms of when he was coming back was yeah. the fact that he didn't get surgery on it. Uh, and this so, was the old rehab it out type of deal. Yeah, and sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't. So hopefully this isn't something that's going to end his season. But yeah, it sounds I'm like it could. Like, kind of feeling I, like it might. Are you like? Are you holding on to him in? <sighs> As long as I can, because yeah. you know, despite all the heat Miguel Andahar got for his defense, which was which was due, um, you know, the bat was still incredible. And I think I want to say that, uh, you know, in the short time that he got before things went sideways with the injury, I want to say people were saying his defense was a little bit better. But I don't know. Well, I know since he's come back, that's true. That's true. But I know since he's come back, it's been brutal again, and he's not hitting. And yeah, he, this he was just hitting looks... 088, 114, 088 was his triple slash. Yeah, this looks really bad for Miguel Andahar. So I mean, if you're in the ten and twelves, and and it starts to come up, and you're you know you're in a uh, Justin situation where the injuries are piling. He, he's pretty high at the top of the list of guys that I have to kind of make that cut with personally. What about um, if you're in the opposite situation? Let's say you're in a 15-team league, you're doing okay with injuries, and somebody drops him. Are you, like, swooping him up right away? Yeah, why not? If I have the situation where I can cut some some clown that I took a shot on, which I'll use a personal example, like a, like a Kelvin Gutierrez, who I was just kind of – few bucks just playing the hot hand there to see if anything came of that. I didn't really give it much time. It was a burn and churn sort of deal. Um, and then you move on from that and then you can put Miguel Andahar in that spot and see how long you can hang on to that until your own rash of injuries come. Then yeah, why not? Why not? Because it could, it could be a situation where it helps. Now I wouldn't prioritize him over somebody that I think can, can help now because don't, don't get too comfortable with your reserve roster not having injuries. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's something I would be open to considering. But what I really want to talk about with regards to this Miguel Andahar injury is that it does clear now the path for Gio Urshela to stick around a bit longer. And uh, he's been on fire. He's become a little bit of a cult hero for the Yankees because he's driving in runs like crazy. I want to say he has like 15 already in his 101 plate appearances. In fact, uh, just in the last week alone, he has nine of those plate appearances, 
which would pace out to just 209 ribbies, which I think he'll do. I, I, I think that's that, that's a fair pace to keep <laughs> to keep at. No, um, it's actually, uh, you know, even just kind of looking at what he's done all year, he's probably pacing toward about 80 RBIs, which even for, you know, Gio Urshel would be kind of interesting. I want to loop in another guy here, too. He's not actually on the, Yank- uh, on the Yankees, but he's semi-related. And I'll make the link in a moment to, uh, to Ronnie Rodriguez. But let's talk about Gio Urshela, who is on fire, who was a little bit of a pickup this week. Um, how did you feel about him? Was he somebody you considered? And, and where are you on, on Urshela as it relates to the Andahar news? Because now his playing time is extended. I mean, he was almost like a Yandy Yandy Diaz light, where obviously not nearly as strong as him, but the same kind of issues where uh, people always wanted him to hit for a little bit of power, but his kind of ground ball profile just never really allowed it. Mm -hmm. Things haven't really changed that much. The only thing is he's getting extremely lucky on balls in play. Uh, he's 392 still, Babbitt for Urshela. Yeah, I mean, he's still got a huge ground ball tilt, 44.7% ground balls to 26.3% fly balls. That park will help, obviously, and, and a lot of the parks he plays on uh, in the road in the ALE still help. So, I, you know, he's a guy that if he do, did get full-time playing time rest away, I could see him hitting like 270, 280 yep. with like 12 or 15 home runs, something like that. Dude, that'd be nice. That's the part I'm not entirely sure on. I'd le- I'd love to see if he could squeeze out double-digit homers the rest of the way. That would be nice. Right now, Urshela only has a 26% fly ball rate, but it's with a gaudy 29% line drive rate. So the 392 BABIP is certainly something that's not going to maintain. I would say maybe it, it, it isn't just luck-driven right now, except for the fact that a, a 29% line drive rate doesn't hold. Mm-hmm. So. You can keep an insane BABIP if you could somehow maintain nearly 30% of your balls going for line drives, but that will start to come back to the pack. Now, if those turn into fly balls and he keeps clubbing the ball at a 45% hard contact rate, then Gio Urshela can knock double-digit homers. I, I, I would agree with that. And I basically put him in that Kelvin Gutierrez slot on my team this week. I, I scooped him up for 33 bucks, which I didn't think was you know anything egregious as far as a, a, a pickup here. And uh, he's actually – this is crazy that I even considered it. In the end, I'm going with uh, with Miggy, but I almost started Gio Urshela over Miguel Cabrera. I, like I, I wouldn't actually have a problem with that. I uh, legitimately gave it consideration. I, I traded Miguel Cabrera this morning to, to someone in a, in a huge league uh, uh, for Billy Hamilton. <laughs> like that. Oh, wow. I mean, I need the speed, but... Yeah, I mean, it makes part sense. part of it is, it's like, like, what am I really giving up in a Just Cabrera at this point? Average. Some empty yeah. batting average. It's, exactly. it's kind of frustrating. So, since I'm mentioning Tigers, I'll loop in Ronnie Rodriguez. Now, the reason I wanted to make the link is because he's a similarly hot prospect, or a uh, hot uh, part-timer right now, who's, who's finding some full-time playing time, and he was a former... Cleveland Indians prospect. So that's that's the link I'm making here. Two guys that had some appeal as Cleveland prospects that are now finding their footing as 27-year-olds elsewhere, whereas Urshela's giving you the batting average and, and driving in all these runs. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Rodriguez actually has some punch, and he's really been smacking the ball around. He has 14 extra base hits out of his 20 hits. That's a rate that cannot sustain, but uh, the 371 ISO right now is fantastic. Five homers, seven doubles, and two triples. He is uh, hitting the ball at a 
47% hard hard contact rate, 62% pull, 46% fly ball. That all adds up to power right there. If you have hard contact, high pull, high fly ball, that's power right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that stuff will smooth out. But how did you feel about Ronnie Rodriguez on the waiver wire this week? And, and how do you compare the two? Who do you favor between Urshela and Ronnie Rodriguez? I mean, it kind of depends on what you need. If you need a little bit of punch, go ahead and you know grab Rodriguez. If you need a little bit of average... Uh, and probably some counting stats around that in terms of runs and RBIs. Better I, team. Yeah, then I lean Urshela. I, one of the things that's definitely not going to sting for Rodriguez is that 21% strikeout rate. Because Not with the way he's selling, seemingly selling out for oh, power. No, he's got a 47% O swing right now. And, and a 15% swing strike rate. Like they, yeah. These are all numbers that add up to, again, the power can hold because of the batted ball profile, but you're right, the strikeout rate will probably go up Upwards of ten points into the thirties, I would think. Yeah, and that average, that two eighty six average, is going to crater at some point. And I just, I have a hard time believing in a in a point three seven one ISO. It just, it's, it's just, wild. Yeah, it's, it's been wild. Uh, that being said, I mean, you, you just kind of stream him until he, he cools down, which could be tomorrow. Right. It could be two or three weeks from now. So, yep. Like, just grab, like, do the Colton Wong thing and grab him and then, you know, ride until it, it seems to have uh, faded and go grab someone else. That's how I felt about uh, both Urshela and Rodriguez was to play it while you can right now. And obviously that that's certain leagues, you know, 10 team, no, 12 team, probably not. 15 teams when you start to consider it. AL only, they're probably both been rostered now for a couple of weeks. But you kind of, uh, um, you know... Let it let it ride and see where you can take it. And then as it starts to die out, you find the next version of this. And this is the burning and churning of the back end of your reserve roster. So, uh, yeah, I think I would favor – I agree with you, though. I think it would come down to the, the categorical need. If I just need the raw pop, just take Rodriguez. Because even if the average comes down to 240, I think it can still continue to hit homers mm-hmm. and, and, and deliver the power. But if you want batting average, then Urshela is your guy. Here's they one been thing about- on Urshela that I just noticed. Urshela, of, of batters who've had at least 100 plate appearances this year, he has got the uh, fourth lowest soft contact percentage. Wow. So he, Matt Carpenter has got 5.6, Christian Walker 6.5, Justin Turner 6.7, and then he and J.D. Martinez are tied at 7.9 for fourth place on wow. the list. Uh, continuing on with that for Urshela, his 328 expected batting average, so taking all of his calculations and, and generating a batting average, is 328, top 3%. So, again, that batting average is something that you should feel pretty comfortable with for Urshela, um, even as the BABIP comes down. I think some of the other factors that he has in his game will kind of keep him in that 280 range, which is a, is a quality batting average. So there you go. Those are two guys. If they're still available, kind of balance your needs. Let's stick with the Yankees and get some positive news here. Aaron Hicks is returning. In fact, uh, if the game goes off tonight because they're, they're really dealing with some potential rain, he will bat lead off in this game, and Mike Talkman gets sent down. Uh, unfortunate for him because I think he had a big day yesterday and he you know, tr- tried to get something going. I feel like he could have carved out a role for himself in some capacity if he had succeeded, but 213, 314, 427 just wasn't getting it done. That did add up to a 99 WRC+, plus, but that – that means your replacement level almost on the button. Like that's the exact uh, mark of, of a replacement player. So that means that you're dispensable to go back down. But let's focus on Hicks here. Obviously, he's not someone that you can pick up. Although, check your wires. You never know, especially mm-hmm. in shallow leagues. Yeah, in those shallow leagues, he could have been dropped. 
especially if injuries piled up for somebody and they just said, oh, I got to move on. But uh, what are you expecting this year out of out of Aaron Hicks? And um, I know we've talked positively about him. Are you still excited about what he could deliver this year? Sure. I mean, he's a guy that can offer power and speed uh, in one of the best lineups in baseball once it's healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have to be excited that he's back. Obviously, he's missed you know almost two months of the season, which is – uh, unfortunate for having to hold on to him uh, for all this time, but like, why can't he do what he did in maybe like 2017, where he yeah. had 266 and 15 home runs and stole 10 bases? I, I see no reason he can't do that. The, the only you know, you know, caveat to that is he's injury prone. He's a guy that's had a really hard time staying on the field over the course of his career. So, uh, and Hicks is going to score oodles of runs. Um, even as that lineup isn't at full capacity, I think it's good enough to still generate plenty of runs. And then as they add the uh, the Stantons and the Judge and, and DDs back and really start to round out that lineup, then you know all hell can break loose. And frankly, if, if they're I, – I don't remember all the timelines for those guys, but let's say they're kind of clicking by early June – there could be enough uh, from what he's going to do now. If if he stays healthy, if you get four and a half months here out of Hicks, he can almost put up a full season's worth of runs scored, based on on that offense and his OBP skill. Um, if they really get going in the right direction. So yeah, I love Aaron Hicks. I do see he's only seventy five percent at ESPN. I say only because I think he should be one hundred. Yeah. So go, but go I mean, get him people, for sure. You know, ESPN leagues like that. You only get have, two reserves on the yeah. default. And, or, yeah, uh, two, three, two, two ILs. Two IL me. and three reserves. So, I mean, if you were in my type of situation in the main event, you probably had to make hard cuts. And there was a long time where we didn't even have a timetable for Hick. So. Exactly. And with his history, like you mentioned, if you're not as um, excited about him as, as we've been in past years, you might not have had the attachment to say, oh, I'm going to hang on to Hicks. So, yeah, shallow leaguers, definitely go check and see what's up with that. Mike Talkman, are you hanging on to him in like an AL only, or are you just cutting free for the reserve spot? Uh, I'm probably cutting uh, if there's anybody of interest to me, because, I mean, Stanton should be back here uh, shortly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they lost so many outfielders to create that spot for him that, uh, you know, even Cameron Maybin, that's the thing. If Talkman had performed, he probably could have pushed out Cameron Maybin, but it was Maybin who's actually been doing some things. So uh, credit credit to him. I always, always had a soft spot for Cameron Maben, so I hope he keeps performing. Not that I'm betting on it in any real capacity. Plus, he's two for four on the bases. So I, I like that you're trying, but maybe don't get caught so often. Uh, all right, finally, Oakland fans rejoice. I, I feel a little mean, you know, being so joyful of someone losing their job, but I never understood why they got Kendrick Morales in the first place. They had, to, they had to fill in for Olsen while he was gone. Chad Pinder should have been a full-time player. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just don't think that they needed to get Kendris Morales. And he'll probably latch on somewhere else because he still has some intriguing numbers underneath his uh, underneath mm-hmm. his poor results right now. Um, he smacks the ball. He's probably pretty high on that soft contact rate list you were looking at because he only has a 10% mark. The problem is, is a lot. Of, it's a lot of it. Excuse, yeah, excuse me. Talking's difficult. A lot of it is ground ball contact that he can't turn into hits because he's arguably the slowest player in the freaking game. So you love the 16% strikeout for Kendrick Mouse. You love the 11% walk rate. You love the 47% hard contact rate. 
or 43, excuse me, but he doesn't generate results with it. Now, maybe he gets hot again and latches on with another AL-only team. I'm cutting him pretty freely right now. I'm not too worried about hanging on to 36-year-old Morales. If he lands somewhere where I think he can get time, I'll reassess in an AL-only. But the real important part here is to talk about what it does to the rest of the team. Obviously, Olsen's taking back first. Chris Davis is back from his little hip thing, which I didn't even facilitate an IL stint. He was just kind of benched for a little bit. Um, so now we're looking back at Pinder to maybe get in the lineup via the Robbie Grossman era uh, area again, two weeks in a row. I'm a loser. <laughs> what a loser. And both times that we did it late, uh, no excuses, but yeah, I'm, I'm a loser. Uh, Jer- Jerks and Profar has been struggling too. So I, I do think Pinder could carve out some time here. I think if he's still available, if he's, if he's reavailable in A only, I don't know if he is, but even in a 15 team mixer, I saw him get cut a bunch. I'm kind of putting him back on my on my reserve watch list. What do you think about that, Chad Pinder in Oakland? Uh, Pinder is a guy that I've had in a, a couple deeper leagues, and I've I've just held on to. The only problem is the A's have a few minor leaguers that could find their way up. They uh, do, including my boy Franklin Bretto, who's not mm-hmm. necessarily hitting well in AAA. But my other boy, Jorge Mateo, who this boy point, points at himself mm-hmm. on an audio medium, uh, wrote about the other day oh, in, a, in a in a little uh, little piece. The, the ten was about uh, uh, high performers in the high minors, so guys mm-hmm. that could be knocking on the door here. And you didn't tell him Mateo. on his Fangraphs page. It didn't. Mm, no. So, uh, uh, are you sure about that? Oh, never mind. I'm on I'm on Franklin Barreto's page. Yeah. Now, oh, well, I, I, now only, I only did idiot. good players. I did I did good players, so Franklin Burrow was Uh but yeah, I mean Mateo is absolutely crushing the ball. He's got four home runs, eleven stolen bases in Total thirty-four speedster. games. Uh three thirty-eight, three seventy-six, uh five eighty-one. Uh this is a guy that uh for those who don't know about him, uh has had like ninety grade speed and mm-hmm. was a former like top like top top prospect, like a top yeah, five he, top. You 10 did not guy. stutter, by the way. Like people would say, yes, the scale goes to eighty. He's like a ninety. Jorge Mateo has blinding killer speed. Regular top one hundred guy. Uh, peaked probably in the top 30 on a couple lists, but then regularly, uh, you know, for three years running, he was he was in those top 100 lists. I don't know if he made them this year or not coming into the season, but still just 24 years old, tearing it up in Vegas for Jorge Mateo. You do mention Barreto, also a prospect of, uh, of his own accord. Profar's been brutal and has the yips. That's at second base. I can get both of our guys in, though. You pick one, if you want Mateo or Barreto, they can have second base. Then my boy Pinder gets left field because Robbie Grossman <laughs> is gross. I mean, still really living up to his last name. I'm sorry it's the easiest, lamest pun, <laughs> but when you're putting up a 77 WRC plus with a 194 average, what am I going to say? That it's not gross, man? Come on. It's sitting right there for me. So we can get Pinder and Mateo in this lineup and, and really turn some fortunes because their offense has struggled. And I think they are primed for a little little bit of a run here with uh, with Matt Olson coming back and, and kind of getting things going the right way. Um, we'll see, though, because I, I do think they should maybe consider some of the, the, the youngsters coming up and making an infusion. You know, Josh Fegley has weirdly been performing well. It's been mostly tied to a couple games, but I think he's kind of held Sean Murphy at bay, who's a catching prospect that I don't really mess with catching prospects. I never mess with catching prospects. Yeah, just... but if he came up, 
two catcher leagues, you'd have to consider it. Although I am seeing right now he's got a little injury tag on uh, on roster resource, so maybe no, that's that's that's, uh, that's putting that off to the side there. But Barreto and Mateo are on the forty man, so they don't they don't need an extra move to really get them up. So we'll see what's what there. Keep an eye on things in Oakland. But prim- primarily Morales was done because uh, Davis is, is fully healthy again and Olsen's Morales back. will catch on. And like you said, there are some For interesting sure. things kind of in the underlying profile. Uh, just to comment on one of the things you said about him, though, he is the 10th worst according to sprint speed <laughs> in major league baseball nine guys Who are those at, nine clowns uh brian mccann at the top of the slowest oh yeah uh, <laughs> he's literally rated a zero in mlb the show mm-hmm. a zero speed 22.4 uh feet per second that's it's not good that, that's really really bad uh wilson ramos albert pujos yadier molina jesus aguilar yonder alonzo justin smoke chad wallach uh and todd frazier those uh, all make sense except for Frazier. I thought that he would be he, – he the injuries must have just ravaged him. Not that he was a burner when he was stealing because he was one of, of those more like heady-based stealers, Todd Frazier was. But, uh, yeah, that, that list makes a lot of sense there. So, hey, good on you, Kendris, for not being last. Uh, let's move on. Dave Robertson shut down for three weeks. This pick is looking like a bust, and I was really – I loved the move, and I know Gabe Kapler's tendencies and everything. I kind of thought that he would just assert himself as the man in that bullpen, and uh, you can't really do that when you're not healthy. So, you know, like I said, it's turning into a bust pick, but it's because we couldn't really predict the injury. I I, I don't think that they look at it and say, oh, we we fumbled that. Yeah, I don't get to, like, take my victory lap or anything. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone catches a, a W on this one when it's no. six and two thirds of injury with six I'm strikeouts. I'm glad six I faded him because of my reasoning, uh, even though that never necessarily came to fruition. Uh, this is unfortunate, yeah, for for him. And I mean, hopefully, uh, he can come back. I mean, at some point, or I don't know. I mean, at this point, it, does it look like Tommy? Seem like Tommy John because that means. He's probably out till midsummer, or even maybe all of next, or the majority of next year too. Which would ex- basically expire that contract because it's two years with a third option. Yeah, that. So if, if it's <laughs> if it's a Tommy John situation, I mean, this thirty-four-year-old reliever, man. I mean, again, I liked the move. This is not saying, oh, this is what you get when you buy, but you 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 incur risk when you pick up any pitcher. Uh, but then once they get into their mid-30s, we've talked about this before, there doesn't have to be a stair-step decline. It can just go. And unfortunately, we may be seeing that with David Robertson. I hope not. hope everything's all right. But uh, he's not even he's not even being looked at right now for three weeks. And so he's a cut everywhere. If you were still hanging on, easy cut, move on, to give, get should, back that IL spot. I, I agree. I agree. But if you were for some reason just desperate for your saves and hanging on, gone. Um, now, do you think anybody does take that role, or are they going? To, I know they've kind of leaned on Hector Neris. Do you think he's the full-on guy? No, I think that we're going to see a committee for the most part of sorts, unless they but, decide to go out and get someone. Are they going to call Kimbrel after the draft? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that would be the smart move is go get a guy who can kind of shore up the back end of that bullpen and uh, just add some talent in there. Because, I mean, this is a team that is competing right now. They're three games up in the division. 
Uh, they said they wanted to spend stupid money this year, and they did. And why not just go ahead and spend some more and kind of add to that bullpen? I, I mm-hmm. think you should. I think they should. I, I picked up Dem- uh, or San- Sir Anthony Dominguez this year or this week in a league. Yeah, he was he was floating under a lot of leagues. Just to be which... on the safe side, you never know when Hector Neris can turn into Hector Neris, and uh, and that would probably leave him as kind of the front runner in that <laughs> <laughs> closing job. I agree. And one of the things about Neris, you know, so he had a stint down in the minors last year, and pretty much since he's come back from that, he's been amazing. So credit where it's due. But one of the one of the issues that still kind of lingers overhead is home runs. And that's just the worst thing for a closer, man. You lose a couple games via the home run, and you're out. Now, I will point out that with relievers samples right now, I I actually figured there would be a couple more homers. It's only been two, and so two homers in your 15 and in the third innings can give you a 1.2 mark. But again, it's there. He's a 1.4 for his career. It is something to just be aware of. It was 2.1 last year. The homers really ballooned and caused issues for Hector Neris. So just, I agree with the uh, Sir Anthony. Any league that that uh, merits middle relievers, you know, if it has value for those middle relievers with big strikeouts and potentially uh, impressive ratios to help, his ratios haven't been great, Dominguez's, but the strikeouts are still there. And he really has a couple bad outings uh, ballooning his, his numbers there. Since the three-run outing, on uh, on April 6th against Minnesota, he's got a 2.77 ERA and 17 strikeouts against just two walks in his last 13 innings with a 3 and 0 record and three holds. So you could steal some wins there with Sir Anthony Dominguez because he is going to be in high leverage situations as a setup guy. So I think that was a good pickup by you. All right, moving on now to the White Sox. Eloy Jimenez cleared for rehab, so he's yes. working his way back. Can we get, can we get the old uh, Ronald Acuna thing, where it was looking bad before his injury, he comes back and just sets the world ablaze. Obviously, there's no nothing magic about getting hurt and then coming back. But what is your outlook on on Eloy Jimenez the rest of the year? Yeah, I think we can. I think we can get a kind of. I mean, obviously, he's not going to have the same level of fantasy impact that uh, Acuna had because he doesn't have the the stolen base uh, ability. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I think he could easily hit for average and power. Uh, it's a good park for it. Uh, it's a team that really prioritizes power, apparently. So I'm <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. looking at you, Tim Anderson, and, and Yon Moncada. Uh, and I think maybe there's a little bit less pressure on him. I don't know if that was, you know, he's just kind of in his own head and tried to swing his way out of it and then got hurt doing so. Well, uh, then remember his, his grandmother passed mm-hmm. too. So, the, you know, just a lot of things all at once there. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of look at his profile in his short stint at the majors and see really anything super encouraging. Makes so, it easier to buy though. Yeah, that being said, yeah, I just throw that out. I throw out that 21-game sample and I look at what he's done in the minor leagues and just what kind of hitter he was. And and you kind of just dream on, you know, the potential for him to come up, hit 20 home runs, rest the way with like a 280, 290 average. And, uh, I mean, how many guys off the wire are going to be able to come and do that? And he is available in some leagues. Boy, if, if Eloy Menes is available in your league, you go snap him up right now. Um, because, yeah, I mean, that – you find these leagues. I know some of you are probably rolling your eyes saying there's no league where he's available. 
not every league like your experience is not everybody else's Mm -hmm. and so you don't think that but we you know we get tweets we get we get emails from folks that talk about stuff like oh yeah this guy's available in my league it's like wait what go get him immediately yeah our league hates prospects if they don't if they don't do anything they immediately get rid of them 68 percent on espn they cater to 10 team leagues He's available in some leagues. Go check your way, your wire. So that's Aloy Jimenez, cleared for rehab. I'm excited about him too. We're not in the same league, so you can tip your hand a little bit here, or at least give some thoughts. He should be back right around the time that we're drafting next week, or or we will know more firmly that he's you know a few days away. Where are you trying to get Aloy Jimenez? I think the last time we did the check-in here, you were saying late 100s, early 200s. You still think that's going to be viable to get him? I mean, as long as he doesn't come back up a few days before and hit like two or three home runs or something like that. Or hit four homers and four at-bats at his rehab. Yeah, I mean, if he goes off, then we're going to be paying, you know, top 140, top 130 kind of prices. Uh, But that being said, yeah, I I think we'll probably see him go around pick 180 to 220, something like that. Yeah. And I'm totally stoked if I get him at that price considering I paid like a – in the, in the online championship, I think I paid like a 110, 120 price tag coming into the season. So yeah, no, I I I feel that I'm not trying to make it all all about our teams or whatever, but yeah, I paid <laughs> I paid the premium in the uh, in the main event pick 81. I was ready to jump and try to get the 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 next big thing because of his power potential there. So I'm I'm very eager for him, him to return. By the way, I was kind of looking at the draft the other day. It happens, you know. Pick four hundred, you, you, you kind of burn and churn. But you know, guess who I drafted and then cut before I got anything from because he was in the bullpen. Oh God, uh, re- no, not review. I don't know. No, Martin Perez. There were a lot of people who dropped him. Uh, we well, had two, uh, three bad relief outings. Mm-hmm. And even if you thought he was going to become the, the starter, you're just like, eh, okay, I, I stand by it. Not just because I did it. I'm not trying to like make myself feel better. It's like it was the pick 400. Like you, you, bur- you burn and churn. The- and we've talked about this before. If you don't have any regrets uh, or make any, any of those sorts of mistakes, you're probably not making enough moves. You're just sitting on everything in fear that you're going to drop a Martin Perez. You know, so – I also picked up John Means and Lucas Giolito, and they've been good. So it's like you know, it, it kind of comes out in the wash. But I did see that. And I was like, dang, I was I was pretty hyped on him, and uh, and and I was buying into the spring training stuff. And then I, I don't have any regrets uh, so far this year because most of my team's been crappy anyway. So they've, they've, been, they've been dead. How yeah. can you regret? I can regret IL guys. I, I just picked, pulled up my main event draft board, and it's just one huge row of red X's. I'm catching up to you, by the way. I have three uh, reserve spots that don't have a red suitcase right now. Well, uh, <laughs> the, the the beautiful part about it is, like, every time I get someone back, someone else goes, you know, That's get, so gets awesome. hurt. It's just... It's it's a really really fun way to spend the season because, uh, you know, you get a guy back like Jacob Degrom and then you lose Pedro's trip. You get you get a guy Thanks. back, uh, like Blake Snell and then you you lose you know or well still waiting on the Nelson Cruz news but uh, it looked good by the way I, I didn't include that um, maybe okay. I should have everything's looking good on that uh, they're thinking that he won't need an IL stint for Nelson Cruz so that's that's positive yeah I know but I still have six guys on my. Uh, 
<laughs> on my <laughs> reserve list with, with right, red well, suitcases. It's 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 been a fun life. It, it's it's been brutal. We won't turn it into the uh, listen to our team's hour, but I want to I want to ask one more question about the uh, the upcoming drafts. By the way, if you haven't mm-hmm. signed up, Justin's I got three league spots. Only three spots left. Mm-hmm. Mine is filled. Your draft is May twenty fifth mm-hmm. at ten, 10 Eastern. Yeah, ten p.m. Eastern. Get in there, folks. These are going to be fun. These are going to be drafting soon. The the drafts start next week. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I was listening to uh, SiriusXM today. Greg Ambrosius was on. He he's part of the head of NFBC. He was talking about how um, he and Chris List. Someone told Chris List, you should have gotten in the first one because there's no ADP. It's the Wild West. And I didn't even think about that. And you and I kind of had our pick of the litter because we were kind of early telling them, hey, what if we are able to fill up leagues? Can we can we get in You know, if we if we can fill some leagues here? That would have been oh, I really wish I would have done that because now you know we're going to be a little full? bit. I, I don't know. I think there's one on Wednesday the 22nd, so I don't know maybe if I'll, it's Maybe full. I'll uh, do it. Maybe I'll jump in another one. There's a lot of spots left in this. So there, there's still spots. I think it's gonna be 180 total teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's 350. So I understand that not everyone's got 350 to knock around for a uh, for for a, a, a mid-season team. But it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we're definitely gonna talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, as there's we still go. nine spots in that eight o'clock one on the 22nd. Maybe I'll... I believe that's the debut. Oh, maybe I'll just jump in on another one if my wife will let me. Because I mean that. That like it's gonna be the wild, wild west. Dude. Yeah, that one's gonna be insane. And then it'll start. You know, there's another one two hours later, so they'll start to overlap. And there's two more the next night. It's eight and ten uh, for those first three weekday nights, and then a bunch running on those weekends. I wonder if they're gonna share the ADP on that at all. He said they will have some up. Okay. Yes. So we'll be able to kind of check those and and see what's what. I'm so excited. This is such a cool idea. I'm just really getting to see how what happens. One more thing on that before we get back to the news and then talk about some pickup players. Vlad Jr. Where 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 where's he going? Do you think in these drafts? Let's say okay. We have to keep putting hypotheticals because we're still a little ways out. Let's say he keeps, you know, he starts to meander up, but it's not a skyrocket up. Let he's 191, 283, 234 right now. Let's say he is hitting 240, 330, 390. He hasn't quite gotten over the 400 slug yet. You know, he finally gets that first homer, but it's still like one good game, two mediocre ones. Like he's still just kind of meandering. By the time your draft hits, where do you think you're taking Vlad Jr.? Oh, probably. Or where does he need to go for you to take him? I should say. I think he needs to drop out of the top seventy. I don't know, man. Okay. I have a. I think that's possible. I think Sixth anytime. Round yeah, anytime after the top fifty, and I'm probably gonna jump on him. Even even if he's still hitting what he is now, and I know yep. there's there's the risk that they'll send him down. No, I'm uh, with you a thousand percent. But dude. like this was a guy that we were taking, knowing where he was going to miss the first two months of the season, or month and a half of the season, uh, in the top like fifty. Like so, like if he drops out of the top fifty, we, he's not going to miss any time unless he gets set back down. Like you have to bet bank on the skills just throughout this. It's only been thirteen games. That's yep. it. Like throughout the thirteen game sample. And look at those numbers that were like breaking the bank uh, of projection systems. So, 
Yeah, I mean, if he falls outside of the top 50, there's no way I'm not grabbing him. I, 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 uh, again, verbatim. I just, uh, I'm not going to reiterate. Oh, shit. One of my guys got called up from my, uh, from my, uh, piece that I did. Oh, yeah. Nicky Lopez on the way up. Let's go. Interesting. You want to talk about him real quick? Yeah, just real quick here. Sorry, breaking news. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I, but again, I just fully agree on, uh, on, on where I'm taking Vlad Jr. here. Uh, but yeah, Nicky Lopez for KC. Another interesting guy that that I included in that piece about high performing minor leaguers, and this just goes. And I always tell these these folks this on Twitter and in my Twitch stream, like when so and so going to get called up and say, I can't even get the guys who know what the hell they're doing here, the Kylies and the Erics of the world, to commit because they know how fraught it is with volatility. So I'm not going to throw some crap against the wall and try to tell you guys. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to cop out. It's just worthless. Because I didn't really think he had a, had a great opportunity right now based on what they had, Nicky Lopez, and now all of a sudden here he is. This dude hitting 353, 457, 500 at AAA with three homers, nine steals, 4% strikeout rate, and a 15% walk rate. Like, th- he's decimating fools right mm-hmm. now. Like, it's it's been fantastic. So, um I, I called him the quintessential Royal, a speedy defender with a high contact rate. So he's a middle infielder. Now, one of the things I put in the piece was that maybe if Whit Merrifield went more to the outfield and started to push the uh, the Billy Hamiltons of the world, uh, you know, out of the outfield a little bit. I was thinking more center field, but they roster resource now has him in right field with Nicky Lopez going to second base. I got a comment that said that they wanted to use him less in the outfield because of wear and tear. And they backed it up. They they had an article to a, a uh, MLB Trade Rumors piece. And yet that just tells you how even when we have, you know, an article kind of backing something up, it doesn't mean anything. Because then five minutes later, this is two days later, May 11th is when that article was posted that the guy com- uh, quoted with. And then two days later, He's now basically a full-time outfielder for Nicky Lopez to come up. But anyway, if you need the speed, jump on this. Like I said, quintessential Royal. He's got great speed, but he has really interesting plate skills right now. Of course, they're not going to stick at 4% strikeout and 15% walk, but he's always had more strikeouts, more walks than strikeouts um, almost for his entire career, or at least like a one-to-one. So I'm really intrigued by what Nicky Lopez can do. I hope he doesn't go too bananas this week or else the prices are going to be through the roof. But if you need speed, Nicky Lopez is your guy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's he's an interesting – I've honestly never heard of him. I, I like, discovered I'm, I'm pretty him. pretty in tune with the minor leagues for the most part. I discovered him earlier this offseason, kept an eye on him, and then included him in this piece. So I'm excited. This is, uh, this is, this is kind of one of, my, one of my guys here. So hopefully Nicky Lopez can kind of hit the ground running, pun fully intended, and, uh, and do some things there. But let's get back to the news. Uh, what, a quickie here because we kind of knew it was coming like 100%. In fact, I thought it was already done. But Carlos Rodon officially getting TJ'd. Dynasty. What are you doing with Carlos Rodon? You you trying to buy here, or are you just pushing off and taking a a, a used subway ticket for for him? Yeah, in, I'm in probably a just pushing off at this point. It, it, it's really unfortunate because this is a kid who had a lot of promise. I mean, this is mm-hmm. what your podcast was ten step. There, there's no such thing as yes. uh, pro, pitching prospect. A pitching prospect. Yeah, it's just. <sighs> 
I, you don't wait on a guy like this is probably not going to be back until mid to late next year at the earliest. So in yes. in dynasty, it's just he, he's 26 now. By the time he even really gets back on the mound for a full season, he'll be 28. So uh, you just kind of cut loose and let someone else waste that spot uh, on their IL or on their reserve list. I totally agree. And it sucks because I do like Carlos Rodon and he looked like he was doing some good things this year. He was doing great then, stuff. I had him as like a top 30 pitcher rest of the way. Yeah. It just, and he got pummeled by Detroit and you're like, hmm, bad outing or what? Mm-hmm. Bad outing is next time out and then and then IL, which at least it gives like just just for posterity, you know, you can't get rid of those numbers or anything if you if you had Rodon and you definitely did if you were you you were using him against Detroit. But at least it wasn't just like I can't figure out pitching. I'm bad at fantasy baseball. He was likely hurt during that game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Well, he had just dominated that team. They don't just rise up for eight runs against them for no reason. And, I mean, the one, you know, solace is that uh, his numbers, you know, his surface numbers now, you know, look like a little bit like garbage. And so mm-hmm. if, you know, you do drop him, chances are he's just going to sit out there on the waiver wire. You could pick him up mid to late next year and you know he should still be out there no one's going to be drafting him going exactly in, going in as a stash rodan is going to be a forgotten man and we've seen guys kind of come back from you know from, from the depths here at in their late 20s and he certainly could but there's no reason to use roster spots on him right no. now all right let's move over to two uh pitching debuts that I believe both happened yesterday, yesterday being mm-hmm. Sunday the 12th, so there was no NFBC potential for either of them. Cole Irvin of Philadelphia and Corbin Martin of Houston both debuted. Now, they're vastly different just in, in what they do. Uh, Cole Irvin was sitting 88 with his fastball and uh, you know limiting the walks and, and kind of just surviving that way. Corbin Martin was sitting 96 had a 45% strikeout rate in his five and a third innings and was really kind of that fireballer type. So let's start with Martin. I think he's the more alluring prospect here, and then we'll get to Irvin. But, uh, yeah, Corbin Martin gets his shot. Is Colin McHugh uh, out now? I mean, I would think he is at this point. Uh, This was a little bit surprising that they moved on from McHugh or at least moved him into the bullpen so quickly. I know he had been bad, but, I mean, one of the reasons we – we kind of talked him up a little bit in draft season was I felt like he had the best shot to stay a starter. Yes. Um, you know, at least between him and Peacock and they're, you know, after Peacock's last outing, I guess they're just, you know, they're going to keep rolling with him there. Uh, yeah. I think he's pretty much done in terms of fantasy value, except for in your, you know, really deep formats. No, I, I, I totally agree that dude, more we breaking haven't even news. Seen, we haven't seen the guy, uh, uh, yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> I was gonna do the do 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 do. Um, <laughs> but wait, wait, what do you what do you got? What, what you're writing? Oh, okay, okay. I didn't. I, I was like, you know, I can know? I can actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. See the you're looking at the you're, you're looking on. at the page. No, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So finish up on on Martin here, and then and then we'll get into that breaking news. Uh, I mean, Martin. The, the surface numbers from yesterday look really really good. Um. I would caution that if you watch the start. Uh, the Rangers looked really, really bad. Um, mm-hmm. Just made some awful swings. Dude, uh, if he goes off again this week, I think he faces Boston. The price is going to be just off I, the charts. I wish for he Martin. wasn't. 
facing Boston this week because I think everybody would be spending like a uh, you know hundred plus on him. Uh, and like I said, yeah, if he does go off or at least holds his own against Boston, I could see people just go crazy. I will not Silly. be one of those people. There was only ten swinging strikes uh, that he had in that game. Uh, I I don't think he. I don't think he's as nearly as good as he showed. He he definitely struggled with walks in the minors. Uh, this is something that could end really poorly. Um, or you know, it's it volatile. Yeah, I mean, he could be really good. I mean, you don't you don't strike out as many guys as he what struck out nine in five innings, five and a yeah. third. So like, you don't do that without having some level of talent. But I could see this go really really horribly wrong, and I'd prefer like you know uh, Griffin Canning to him rest the way. So. If you weren't, I think willing, that's fair. If yeah, if you weren't willing to spend the money on Griffin Canning, you shouldn't be willing to spend the money on Corbin Burns or sorry, Corbin Cor- Martin. Corbin Martin. So yeah, that's Corbin Martin for for Houston. Uh, Cole Irvine, like I said, Irvin, excuse me, is is you know the other end of the spectrum here, more of a a soft tosser, mm-hmm. kitchen sink type. Yeah, left hander with three pitches, um, and and definitely gonna have to work on on the margins and and really be fine. Seven innings of, of solid ball, um, 7% swing strike. You know, didn't walk many. I think only walked one. Yeah, walked one, struck out five in his seven innings, looked sharp. Is there anything here to look at with Cole Irvin of the Phillies? I think he's more of a streamer, uh, kind of rest the way. He's not a guy that I'm, I'm running out to kind of rush and pick up, but uh, because there aren't going to be strikeouts really. Involved, but I think he's a guy that I think his skills will play okay. Uh, the park worries me a little bit in Philadelphia, uh, but he's he's done a decent job, you know, in the minor leagues of limiting home runs for the most part. So, which you like, and you can, yeah. Hey, don't walk, guys. Don't give up homers. Mm-hmm. You can you can survive and and limit, do some limit hard there. contact. Um, so I think that's. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a. I think it's a usable profile, but it's not a guy that I'm uh, rushing out to go grab. Yeah, I think that that's completely fair there with Cole Irvin from Philly. Now we get into the breaking news. Another one of my guys from that – dude, I'm, I'm super geeked on this, man. I did not expect <laughs> two of these guys to be up so quickly. From the uh, the high performers and the high minors, Oscar Mercado. Perhaps my favorite off the, off the entire list, though, too, because I was really excited about him coming into the season. Mm-hmm. I thought he should have had a chance to break camp because of that treacherously bad outfield and the fact that I just – have not ever believed in Tyler Naquin. Um, and it is his injury, Naquin's injury, that will facilitate an Oscar Mercado recall. And I'm pretty excited about this. 294, 396, 496 slash line at AAA with four homers, 14 for 17 on the bases. So both these guys, Lopez and Mercado, are speedsters. Um, 31 steals, actually 37 if you add up both AAA periods last year for Mercado because he came over from the Cardinals organization and got six more with the Indians AAA. So 31 with them, six with the Indians, then 38, 33, 50, 26 in just 60 games. Mercado is a speedster, but he also has a little bit of a hit tool here. I don't think he's going to get the bat knocked out of his hands type of deal. I'm really excited about this 24-year-old. I'm more excited about him than even Nicky Lopez, although they're they're neck and neck here. What do you think about Mercado with Cleveland? Uh, I don't even think they're neck and neck. I think Mercado is a really, really interesting guy. 
Because like you said, the, the dumpster fire that has been the Cleveland outfield this year is in dire need of someone. I thought it would be Bradley Zimmer, but he's kind of taken a little bit longer uh, to come back from uh, his uh, off-season shoulder uh, surgery mm-hmm. than, uh, than, than expected. So Mercado is going to get the chance here, and I think Mercado is a guy that could potentially steal 15 to 20 bags rest of the way. And in this environment, that that's super valuable. So, I like Mercado a lot. Uh, you know, Matt Thompson's talked a lot about how much he really liked him in the Cardinals organization, but they just never gave him a shot because of their outfield situation. Uh, and so, getting that opportunity now uh, in in Cleveland should be beneficial. I mean, it's it's a team that doesn't have a great lineup necessarily, but it's not an awful one. And you can if you can add him kind of towards the you know, it's probably he'll probably unfortunately probably be in the back half of the lineup when he plays, but for now. Uh, but Mercado could certainly work his way up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, no reason Jason Kipnis should be hitting second in this lineup anyway. So, oh uh, it just yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would say he. Let's just hope he doesn't steal two or three bases before Fab runs, because if he <laughs> no, does, then again, he's going to be going for... It's like, we're excited that these guys get called up, and then we're we're, we're want, wishing for tepid performance before the uh, mm-hmm. before the bid period, but, you know... We're so he, excited, if, please suck for a little bit. We're so excited, but could you have, like, one week of mm-hmm. just being kind of mediocre, please? But then immediately hit the ground running that next Monday when I have you on my mm-hmm. team. Thank you. Exactly. Goodbye. Um, so yeah, beggars can't be choosy. If if Lopez and Mercado come up and start beasting, and when you got a pony up, then so be it. Again, with all these guys, with L- Lopez, Irvin, Martin, Mercado, goes back to something we talked about last week. Just understand the risk, right? Mm-hmm. Do a full risk assessment here. What is the likelihood that they go back down very quickly? Uh, what what does their leash look like? What was the path to their opening? What would happen if that player that created the opening comes back and pushes them out like do all that and then understand what to pay i i didn't interpret your message as never spend on prospects or be very cautious with it in terms of of those aggressive spends on guys you think can be game changers i took it more as just go in eyes wide open and realize that your 200 dollars bid could blow up in your face and then you yeah. just kind of you know 20 percent out the window right now on to the next if you're comfortable with that then by all means, but you have to be comfortable. Well, I mean, I think what it is is that as much as we, and I think prospect uh, analysis has never been better mm-hmm. than it has been, at, you know, ever at any point in, you know, the history of fantasy, maybe even the history of baseball. I mean, we are so in tune with the minor leagues. We get we have such great guys out there uh, doing amazing work kind of covering the minor leagues, even from the just from the fantasy side. I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago where there was no such thing as a fantasy prospect evaluator. It just wasn't, no. you know, just didn't exist. Uh, and so, like, guys like James Anderson and Matt Thompson, like, they do amazing jobs kind of looking at the minor leagues. But at the end of the day, they're still projecting guys that have never had a major league at bat. And so, like, it's still a little bit of throwing crap against the wall and see what sticks. Now, we have a better idea of what is stickier than what is not. But there's a chance it just falls right off, you know, and we don't know how teams are going to react to slow starts. We don't know how uh, teams are just going to play around with things. And so there is a ton of risk uh, in kind of going after these guys and and wasting, not necessarily wasting, but using a whole lot of fab on them. So just, you know, be wary of that. And 
I'm not saying that if you believe in a if a if a talent's coming up that you believe in, you shouldn't go full board. Just know that there is a there is a chance that they're going to get sent back down. Yep, you just you just gotta you just gotta be prepared. You know, with Mercado, we talked about how bad the Cleveland outfield has been. We talked about it all year. So, you know, hopefully that means he can stick, but. We've yes. also been talking about how Cleveland is okay with running those guys out there. So, like, there's exactly. obvious they could just be like, "Listen, you aren't crappy enough for for this situation," and they send them You're back. You're too down. good. Yeah, got to send you back down. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and you know, Nicky Lopez. Um, if they don't want Merrifield out in the outfield, well, then that would put some pressure on him because obviously he's not going to go yeah. to shortstop and take Mondesi's job. So, but I, I think both these guys do have a chance to stick particularly if they perform. So we're, we're going to see what the bids look like this weekend, but I'm pretty excited. Actually, two more guys here that uh, that came up. We'll see what's up with them. Shed Long and J.P. Crawford, two prospects uh, for the Mariners, get called up over the weekend, and they were actually already in the bidding, but uh, I, they weren't full-scale guys. They didn't get picked up everywhere. So if they performed, they would actually be part of a frenzy this week, too, if they had big weeks. Talk to us about Shed Long and J.P. Crawford, who you like best. And uh doesn't look like D. Gordon is hitting the I.L., so I think that that maybe puts them in a little bit of doubt right now until we know the full status of of Gordon. So go ahead and tell us about that. Well, I mean, it, this is an interesting situation because th- one of the guys I, I like more for fantasy in terms of his overall upside uh, and what I think he can do offensively uh, right away at the major league level, and then one guy I like to kind of stick on that team. Uh, and so I prefer Shed Long. prefer Shed, yeah. Yeah, I prefer Shed Long's offensive ability, and, uh, I mean, he's got power, he's got speed. This is uh, a former prospect of the Reds, and he was traded, I believe, this offseason. He was, um, indeed. I think he was, wasn't he traded to New York and then to Seattle? Correct. He was like... Yeah. So I'm at Fall League and mm-hmm. really liked him. He was kind of one of my, I didn't know a whole lot about him, put a star by him guys, mm-hmm. uh, that I, I, I finally usually find a few of those at Fall League, so I was really excited. Then he goes out to Seattle, which actually opened his opportunity a little bit more because I thought I of course came in thinking Scooter Jeanette was going to have him blocked off in, in Cincy until his entry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he got, he was uh two way, a, a double deal there from New York, then over to Seattle. Yeah. And so like he does, he's got power, he's got speed, he walks, uh, he's not a big strikeout guy uh, in, or at least hasn't been in the minor leagues. Uh, and so I think he, he can struggle a little bit defensively and that's kind of held him back. Uh, a little bit, and so that could be an issue. Uh, he, I think he's got the more offensive upside, and I took a shot on him in a main event qualifier, um, just in case you know maybe the the D Gordon thing takes a little bit longer, or they mm-hmm. they figure out ways to get Long more involved. Uh, but if you're looking for a guy who could probably stick up the rest of the season, that, that's J P Crawford, and it's largely because he's got uh he's got pretty darn good defense. Um, so much better than and, Tim Beckham. Yeah, and I mean, what has Beckham done since that hot streak to start the season? So it's he's he's already down to a seven eighty five, which is above average. Like he's got he's still toting like a one eleven or one fifteen ish WRC plus for Beckham, but he certainly has cooled down as we all expected, of course. Yeah, I mean, except for that one guy who. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah. the main event, uh, I mean, since April 7th, so since we passed the first week of April, 
Uh, so that's, what, like five weeks worth of playing time. He's hitting 192, 247, 337 with three home runs and a stolen base. So oh he, God, he, so all of his work is oh, really yeah, confined. It was all in that that early early sample from or the bulk of it i mean he still has yeah. three homers but yeah it's like a homer every once in a while and nothing mm-hmm. really in between for beckham wow so uh there's no reason that crawford can't take that job and just run uh, run with it i mean they traded for him for a reason from jp crawford was a big time prospect for philly mm-hmm. now part of that was the glove but there, there was some hit expectancy too, and he he has some speed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, he is speed. I wouldn't say it's, it's not as much game speed, right? No, well, and I mean it's more of he's just a natural athlete, and that was one of the reasons why he he was such a high prospect or top prospect or or intriguing prospect. I don't want to necessarily call him a top one because he was drafted out of high school and he just was this toolsy kid that mm-hmm. they knew or they felt really good that he was going to stick at shortstop. And, and, you know, back in 2013, we were talking about an age in which, you know, shortstop was the weakest position at the major league. <laughs> yeah. look, where, look where it's come from now. Yeah. That's just wild to think so, it was so bad. Like, I don't think he necessarily has super high upside, but, like, this is kind of Jose Iglesias-ish, mm-hmm. where I think he could play you know, above average to premium defense. And which, have his runs at the bat. Yeah. And so, like, he'll steal some bases because he's a natural athlete. Um, you know, he'll hit for a little bit of power, probably not very much. Um, but he'll play every day, and he can accumulate uh, in what is a pretty decent Mariners lineup. And so, uh, and he walks, which is important. I mean, he's walked at double-digit rates pretty much all the way through the minors. So, uh, even if he isn't necessarily hitting with the bat, his ability to walk and his ability to play defense should keep him in the lineup once he supplants uh, Beckham. Yeah, that's a that's a good call there. So Long and uh, Long and Crawford can stick with D Gordon still in the lineup because even just looking at the roster resource right now, it's got Gordon still at the top of the lineup, and then Crawford and Long on the bench there. Now, one thing that will complicate matters for one of them is that Malik Smith is due back soon. And uh, soon could be tomorrow. Uh, it could be later in the week. Although, did they play today? I think they do. They do play today. But maybe that they maybe they play these two games and then they do it on Wednesday because they have a little two-game set here, Wednesday off, and then they call them up for the four, uh, like an extended weekend set against Minnesota. I don't know. But that's the report right now is that Malik Smith is due back soon. I think that would put Long on the outside looking in because Long is the one who has infield-outfield capability, whereas Crawford is is predominantly an infielder. Uh, do you see it that way as well? Yeah, I think there's a chance that, that that's what happens. You know, when I picked up, unfortunately, when I picked up Long in, I think I picked him, yeah, in the main event qualifier, I hadn't seen the Malik Smith news at that point that mm-hmm. he was expected back, and I probably wouldn't have grabbed him. Uh, to place replace my Jose Altuve, <laughs> um, that went on the uh, IL there. Um, yeah. But you know, I'll take the shot that they're not just bringing him up for you know two three days, and that maybe they you know they only have three guys right now on their uh, on their bench, um, and it's not like they're running like a super deep rotation right now either. So like I could see them you know keeping four guys on the bench. Uh, with the amount of guys they already have in the bullpen and just kind of run with it for right now. 
so gross that t- teams go 12 hitters, 13 pitchers. I, I think that's so annoying. Yeah. Like, just, I, 13, 12, man. At least. I'd do four, I mean, I do 14, 11 in out-of-the-park baseball. Not that what I do in out-of-the-park baseball is the same as running a real team. I understand. But I just think that so much specialization with bullpens instead of actually, you know, using these guys for multi-inning stints and whatnot uh, is – is a bit of an issue, but uh, It'll be anyway, interesting that... to see how the new rules next year kind of affect things. So, yes, uh, I agree. You know, guys having to come in for a full inning and not being able to just kind of be that specialty guy, uh, unless you're closing out the inning. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that could be uh, that could be a game changer for some of these kind of hitters who get set up and down. Exactly. Uh, by the way, just to close the loop on what we said earlier, uh, Cruz is not in the lineup today, but the uh, MRI came back negative. Sweet. So yeah. maybe it's just a day they're, off. They're, they're or starting two. three catchers today, I saw. Wait, Estadio Garver and Castro are all playing? Yep. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, all right, so let's talk about a few of the, the key pickups here. We've talked about a few of them uh, as they kind of intermingled with the news, but let's highlight four others here that uh, drew a lot of attention. It wasn't an aggressive week, and I, I kind of mentioned that to you at the outset, and, and you keyed in on what I think the biggest issue or the biggest reason why is, and that was what? Uh, People are out of money. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, the first thing that you said when I was like, <laughs> I was surprised by all these, you know, bids didn't come in all that hot and this and that. And part of it was the talent available. But even some of the guys, I was like, I thought they'd go higher and they just didn't. So I think, I think you keyed in on it. Yeah, I think people are I mean, one, I don't think there were necessarily guys uh, that were like crazy uh, important to necessarily go get unless you lost like the actual person who was connected to them. So, yes. like, if you lost Pedro Strope, like, you probably overspent on Steve Ciszek. I'm um, still surprised, though, because no one really overspent on him. The highest main event bid on Ciszek was 101. And I feel like anyone with a closer pulse usually has some outlandish bid. Just to put it in perspective, a week ago, more than three, four people put over $100, uh, 112 or more which is which would beat all of the C-Shack bids on Lou Trevino. <laughs> and that's just kind of what I'm saying. Like that's I was so stunned. And you know what? I benefited from it. I got C-Shack everywhere. I was just surprised. Yeah. I thought there'd be more interest in him, but maybe I'm overvaluing Steve C-Shack. But let's talk about him. He was kind of the uh, w- one of the main ones. Two guys went in 35 leagues. Um, another guy went in 34, another guy went in 31 leagues. And those were the only four guys that went in 30 of the, uh, 30 or more of the main event leagues. So let's talk Steve Ciszek should be, you know, the closer they don't commit. That's part of it too. I'm sure is that Joe Madden never really commits. Yeah. I mean, and Brandon Kinsler has pitched well, but what do you think about Steve Ciszek as the Pedro Strope fill in as Strope recovers from a, hamstring injury i mean he's got to be the clear favorite in terms of uh guys to close and i think he just picked up his second save i want to say last night yeah, yeah which was in time for bids so i thought mm-hmm. it might up some of the bids to be honest i didn't change mine i just left him as is yeah i didn't change mine either and uh unfortunately uh i just fell just short on him i had a 31 dollar bid and uh, oh, I look, I was the runner-up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Glenn Lowey, uh, uh, who I uh, got to spend some time with in uh, uh, 
in New York at the main event. Really cool dude. Uh, won him for forty two bucks in mine. That's that's so good. It's nothing. Yeah, I ended up spending forty three on the guy we're gonna talk about here in a little bit and Chris Martin uh, instead. So I kind of prioritized Martin over Cshek just because he's he's the the yeah he, right he's now. the guy for the moment. So they stamped him as that. Uh, Chris Woodward, the manager, said, "Yeah, he's in while Kelly's out right now." However, let's go ahead and just bring Martin in then. Um, they also have made it clear that they still want to work LeClerc back in eventually. They do, but I mean, he pitched like the sixth inning yesterday. Like they are, they are, they may work. They're him really in. taking they, their time. With yeah, him. they're they're going to start with him in like the lowest of leverage situations because that was a game I want to say that they were losing like fifteen to five or they Correct. lost fifteen to five. So, like he came in in straight mop up duty. Uh, like so, like I'm not worried. Well, and he came in and leveraged in his previous outing, May 9th, for Jose Leclerc, and gave up another run on three yeah. walks in two thirds of an inning. So, I, he's far. I, I that okay. I'm gonna peel back a little bit and say they might want to get him back there. He's shown nothing yeah. to suggest that he's ready to get back there right now. Yeah, but I mean, they did invest money in him, so. They'll do what they can, especially in a lost season where they're not playing for anyway or anything. Anyways, uh, you know they're gonna try to figure out a way to get their money's worth out of him. Mm -hmm. Why they why they even spent money on him, considering it's a lost season and uh, is a little bit beyond me. Anyways, but it was cheap for Lecoq for four years for uh, fourteen point seven five. No track but, record. No, like, I it, I agree, like, and I loved Jose Lecoq. In 2017, when like he was putting up pretty much the numbers that he's putting up this year in terms of his walk rate and yeah, uh, you know like I went like this is the guy that could emerge as a closer. I benefited from that last year, uh, but like this is a Jose guy who Marmol. yeah exactly and I mean he can just walk the yard uh, and he has. Well, tell us about Chris Martin then. Uh, not the not the lead singer for Coldplay, 33 oh, I year old he was nope. Actually not, believe it or not, but, um, you know, knocked around with them a bit last year. 40, 41 and two-thirds wasn't terrible. Actually had some really nice strikeout-to-walk numbers. He doesn't walk, guys, mm -hmm. but he lives in the zone, and that, 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 that results in him. hits and homers and mm -hmm. stuff. Pardon me? Yeah, I think that could hurt him. Yeah, so uh, what do you think about Chris Martin? Uh, again, he has been rubber-stamped as the fill-in while Sean Kelly's out with, I believe, an infection of some sort. And um, what did you end up spending on him? Forty-three bucks. I say that's nothing. You get th yeah. three saves out of that. That's more than worth it. Uh, but tell us about Chris Martin and if what his potential of actually hanging on to this gig is to you. That I mean, that's kind of the sixty-four thousand dollar question: is what is the potential that he can hold on to the gig? And you kind of go into that bullpen and you look around. And you go, oh my god. Who are some of these people? I know. Like, What's a Jeffrey Springs? <laughs> I, think, I think I've swam at Jeffrey Springs before. Yeah, no, I mean, like, like I recognize some of these names and stuff like that. Uh, but I go, man, I haven't thought about Kyle Dowdy in a long time. Like that. Doesn't he run Driveline? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gene Mar Gomez is, uh, you oh know, my God, yeah. still kind of kicking around there. And so you go. There's really not a lot necessarily in this 
uh, in this bullpen that could supplant him. So no wonder they. That's went. why people wanted Sean Kelly because mm-hmm. he he had the clear path too. Because you know Jesse Chavez hasn't gotten it done. G. Mar Gomez hasn't. Kyle Dowdy, um, you know Ariel Urado has not done anything. So there there is. Uh, there, there is the opportunity here for Martin to at least hang out to him. Like you said, 40-something bucks, you get three, four saves. Bingo, bingo, bongo, you're all good there. So Yeah, and well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like in, in Maybe this infection turns into something more Versa. serious. Like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're I being pretty... I don't know what Mursa is, to be honest. I just feel like it's a bad thing to get. Um, it, I mean, it can be. It's like, I mean... It's, it's, I almost said something it's way worse, and I'm really <laughs> glad I just went with MRSA instead. Uh, I mean, like, don't Google image MRSA. Like, okay. That, that's a recommendation that I'll, I'll give you. We, we deal with a lot of MRSA uh, with the homeless clientele that I work uh, a lot with. Oh. Um, it's highly contagious, and so... Uh, if that if it was something like that, it's, well, I mean, don't get your MRSA on Chris Martin, man. Well, exactly. So, like Justin's it, bit. It, <laughs> if uh, um, I think it was a few years ago, like the Bucks or the Browns had like a MRSA outbreak. That um, sounds very Browns esque. Yeah, be real. and it like it it got a bunch of people like having to like like having to be sent home from the facility for for weeks on end. It really just kind of ravaged them, and so. If it is something like this, it's highly contagious. It can spread around someone's body. Um, it can spread to other teammates, and so they will keep him away as long as possible. Obviously, completely speculating, but this is typically, you know, staff for MRSA is, is something that, you know, typically is, you know, these kind of infections are that kind of pop up because of just poor hygiene uh, habits yeah. or something like that around around a locker room uh, and can and can, you know, make guys miss extended periods of time. So um, I think that Martin, I don't think he's a super talented guy necessarily. Uh, you he, just need some saves though. Yeah. And as long as he keeps the ball in the yard, which is, can be an issue for him. Um, he should be the guy who gets the majority, if not all of the save opportunities over the next month or so. Uh, so if he can rack me up five, six, seven saves, you know, before the all-star break, uh, I'll be totally stoked with that, uh, you know, forty-three dollar bid. That'd be huge. Yeah, <laughs> let's stay in Texas and talk about Hunter Pence because he's been amazing. By the way, Charlotte has joined the podcast because she wanted you to know that this is her dinner time, oh. and my lame dad is not feeding me. So Sorry, could you Charlotte. Guys hurry up and finish talking your stupid baseball. She's very <laughs> upset right now. Um, Hunter Pence, dude, is is on fire, and we talk about the little baseball savant. Uh, snapshot in the upper <laughs> right corner. His is all red, mm-hmm. which means his sprint speed is red, mm-hmm. which red is good in this instance, folks. Uh, he's been amazing. What's up with Hunter Pence? And uh, I mean, what he's done so far is believable by the metrics. We can we can agree on that, but he's not keeping a 1047. We all know that OPS. What can he do going forward? How legitimate is a Hunter Pence renaissance here? Well, I mean, I know we talk, we've talked about this before in terms of off-the-field stuff affecting people negatively. And, you know, typically when you get married, you get the life sucked out of you. Maybe <laughs> marriage for Hunter Pence has been uh, a, a blessing in disguise because, I mean, he has been, like I said, just absolutely amazing this year. And 
usually when I like s- how you said a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just hope my wife doesn't listen to uh, to this episode. She usually Jen doesn't. Probably will, and she'll yeah. you out. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, I mean, usually you don't see a 36-year-old guy, or when you see a 36-year-old guy, have, like, this kind of start. You know, know, he's a bench guy, but he's, you know, broken back in the lineup because he's having a resurgence. Usually we can go to, like, underlying numbers and go, look, this isn't right. Oh, it's a 900 BABIP. It's a 74% homer to fly ball rate. Usually something is really out of whack. Uh there's nothing like I I really don't see a whole Dude. lot that tells me because um, he he went to the Dominican Republic and worked on his swing. Yes, um, was feeling really great about it when he left. He signed that minor league deal. Um, I mean he he pushed the dentist down to the minors. He did. He did get out of here, dentist. I'm I'm awesome. I'm Hunter Pence. Yeah, he worked on I, he worked on his swing. And then was so excited. I think it was the other way. He was so excited about trying it out that he went to the Dominican mm, okay. Winter League. Maybe that was. And what it was, I think so. that's. I think that's what I heard. But if you guys know the exact story, definitely correct me on Twitter. But uh, yeah, really wanted to get it going before the season started. Had to try it out. Goes down there. You know, didn't tear the league up, but you know, got some swings in. Came back, and now, dude, if I sent you this profile, and because their ages are similar, if I just sent you the profile and said that's Joey Votto, you'd have been like, oh yeah, good, because. He he was reborn. You know, if you didn't know anything about the season, I just sent it to you and said, "Look, Joey Votto yeah. reemerged." You'd be like, mm-hmm. "Nice, that's awesome." And I mean, it's it's bananas. Again, Do you everything think this he's could done could be so- like a Space Jam incident where he's gone and stolen <laughs> Joey Votto's talent. I, I do actually think he's quirky enough to do what Hunter Pence is. I love Hunter um, Pence. So I like. I'm here too. for this. Uh, I'm so that, here for it. That being said, like obviously this can't keep up in the yeah, same let's, way. Uh, let's, let's get some projections here. What 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 can we see the rest of the way if we get some health out of Hunter Pence? If he's playing every day, because um, he is playing for the most part every day, right? Start, I mean, right, he's right now. Yep. Yeah. So if he's playing every day, uh, or at least seventy five percent of the time, maybe. Um, I'm going to say he's going to hit 265 with 12 home runs the rest of the way. Okay. Like I That's I, a fifth I outfield. Think, I don't think the sprint I don't think he's going to steal bases cuz even with the sprint speed being up, he's only got one stolen base. For me, if anything, that's just an indicator of health. It just yes, seems like he's and feeling That's the big thing. He feeling is good. Really struggled with health cuz I mean this is a guy who was what, an Iron Man until 2014. Like he played almost every single game for you know for three straight years from 2012 2014 he only missed two games two games out for of Pence. those three seasons and they both came in that first 2012 season that i'm talking about or that i'm referencing and then the health just completely deteriorated went from being an iron man to being not being able to stay on the field you're healthy till you're not it sounds mm-hmm. trite but it's so true you see these guys uh, Dan Heron was like that as a pitcher. Oh, he's he's bankable for thirty every year, dude. And then Jeff the back Samarja. just yep. Like Jeff Samarja was like that was the reason I was taking him as a top thirty, top twenty five pitcher last year. Same was because I knew I was gonna get. I knew I was gonna get two hundred yeah plus innings from every year. And then all it takes is one thing, and you know now he you know now well, at least this year he's kind of starting to rebound. He's just not going deep into games, um, but. Yeah, I'm gonna I, push a little higher. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say sixteen, seventeen. You I, know why? I thought I was 
being rosy too because like I, I mean you're being fair like that's you're probably more sober here's here's one reason i'm gonna do it though he hasn't even taken advantage of texas yet hunter pence has a 688 ops at home he's doing all this away it's starting to heat up he, wait till he wait till he can unleash on that home part he's just used to sucking at home uh because he played with san francisco <laughs> I think he needs to realize, oh, wait, my park is awesome now. I can be good when I'm at, on Do a home game. you think part of the problem was he had so many World Series rings that he forgot to take them off like oh during God. the game? Like, was that was what was holding him back? It's, When's your, when's your it's, daughter's play? You have to go? <laughs> I mean, go it's really tunnel. hard to like stay healthy if you're carrying around World Series trophies everywhere oh you go. Oh, my God. I hate you, dude. I know. I hate you a lot. It's amazing, though. But yeah, okay. So <laughs> maybe maybe 15, 15 homers. I mean, that that give him twenty two. That'd be his highest total since twenty thirteen. Aggressive for sure. But bouncy ball. He's smacking it. Best home park he's it's been a in. Team that you know, doesn't care about winning right now because they're not going to. I mean, this and, they're already seven and eight, seven and a half games back in. Yeah, in they don't have a chance. I mean, just, and credit to you. I continue to post credit for you around the the community on this lineup and yeah. and and the quality of it. And now Hunter Pence is very much adding to it, but he and can also benefit in the middle of it. from he's batting fifth in this lineup. I know, man. dude. Dude, yeah, this is so sick. Like, this, I love we're this. here this for is... this too. So let's just make sure we're being sober. So I like your projection: twelve homers, two sixty-five. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to get overly geeked about it yeah. because we're also talking about a thirty-six-year-old that has had a lot of injury issues. Exactly. Like this could all end in an instant. That being said, like if he's still out there in one of your leagues, like he should be owned. He in should all have already formats. been. Yeah, I, I agree. All formats, all 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 leagues has mm-hmm. to have hundred pence right now because it's too good. It's too good to pass up. I will say, you know, you're you're you are coming with those sober projections. The the bat and steamer, they give him six, seven homers, only forty five more games. Obviously if he's healthy, he's gonna play more than that. So Yeah, maybe, I mean that's they're, they're hedging against the injuries. Well understandably right now, but but so there's obviously more than that left. So I think we do need to kind of look at it as maybe up, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with the upper teens and say Say if if, they, if we get a health here, if we get a modicum of health, and say I'll give him one DL stint for a minor injury. Let's say it's a minimum stay DL stint for Hunter Pence. I like the two sixty five average that you zeroed in on, but I'm going to say seventeen homers and three steals with decent counting numbers, despite them being a bad team because they're a good offense, bad bad pitching. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up because there's like a non-zero chance that he's a ranger by the end of the season if he keeps us up. That's an interesting point, too. They're going to move him, and like we could see him in Cleveland. We could see him, Yep. I don't know, uh, I mean, obviously, like, Philadelphia doesn't need any, uh, doesn't need outfielders. Somewhere a spot could open. Let's hope it's not a, a another San Francisco-esque park, though. Although, yeah. again, he's not even leveraging his home park yet. So, anyway, enough Hunter Pence love there. If, he, if he's still There's available, no go thing. get him. As too much. Sure, no such. Love. I I agree. I agree. I, I love that we share that because you love him because of all the giant stuff. I just. I just. It, I mean, I love his goofy, see, fun loving nature. Yes. It's just yeah. He's just he's so much fun to watch and like he's he, he's what you would imagine if like regular Joe Schmo was pulled out of the stands. <laughs> Yeah. And it it was like discovered that he actually has talent because he does he's like nothing, really good yeah like breaking him down mechanically of anything he does is like ridiculous like it You'll vomit. it it's doesn't bad. make sense he does what he does 
but he just plays the game with such like youthful exuberant, you know, you know, it just, oh, just so fun to watch. I'm a hundred percent with you on hundred pence there. So, all right, let's finish it up with Charlie Tilson. Now I didn't go for this one. He was actually uh, scooped in 35 of leagues tied with Steve Suchek for the most. Mm-hmm. Um, he I went for a him. max of one Oh four and then a couple eighties and everything else was either a nice 69 or lower all the way down to going for $3 unopposed in one league, $7 with a seven backup. So they tied and had to go to the standings. That's wild. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I'd hate to be that guy. You had the right number, but you just, you, you were too good. Uh, but talk to me about Charlie Tilson. Cause the reason I didn't get in on it is cause I've already fallen for the Nikki Delmonico shit <laughs> and the Ryan Cordell. And, you know, and so I just, I sat out this one. I understand that the speed component is there, but I sat out on Charlie Tilson, so I give you the floor, good sir. Well, I mean, he's got one thing that those other guys don't have, and that's a hit tool. Like, ah. he, like he can hit for average, uh, and he plays good defense, So, and, and then just super fast. Like, there's no power here. He's not going to hit. If he hits two home runs, even with full-time playing time, I will be shocked. Be a major upset, right? I mean, un- yeah, unless it's, like, in the park kind of stuff. Um, but because, yeah, he's got no power. Like, I think we, we grade him out, um, on the site as 30 raw and 30, oh 30, 30 game. And I feel like that could be pushing it. That being said, <laughs> um, uh, he is super fast. I mean, he stole 46 bases, uh, in 2015 in the, in the, uh, Cardinals double a system. Uh, he was part of a, I can't remember which trade exactly it was, but, um, he, he was traded to the White Sox in 2016, um, and he was supposed to be up in 2017, and then he had like a devastating, I think it was a leg injury, um, mm-hmm. that kind of derailed his career for the most part, uh, and he's just now working his way back. Um, hit 333, 396, 475 so far in AAA uh, this year, three stolen bases. Like this is a guy that could come up, and if he's getting full time playing time, could steal twenty bases the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. And now that's the that's the question, the part that you hit on at the end, playing time. What can we expect for Charlie Tilson's PT? You know, the hard part is with uh, with Eloy coming back. You know, working mm-hmm. his way back. Like, does that um, you know limit his potential because you know, obviously I don't think uh, Garcia's necessarily going anywhere, but like Cordell's not good, and as much as I but I, but is but is Larry Garcia like why does he have to take a spot then? I mean, I guess he doesn't. If Tilson can actually knock around and hit two two eighty with with and burn up the bases and everything, they just seem to love Garcia for some reason. I, I agree. Know. No, I don't know when you why. said it, it made sense, and then I looked at his numbers and I decided to challenge you because. I think you're right, but I think the White Sox are wrong on him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the case. Is I I think like there there's no reason why Tilson couldn't supplant him. The question is, will he? And and kind of trying to bank that is uh, is a little difficult. Like Delmonico's another guy. Like there's no reason Delmonico should play over him. Um, and I know they they like it, but they like him. Uh, that being said, like he he should be able to at least carve a fourth outfielder role at worst, and I think there's a Which real be, shot. Yeah, I think for speed, you don't need a full time role 
to to be a speed component in fantasy with a fourth outfielder role. Mm-hmm. Hello, says Rajay Davis, his yep. entire career. Gerard Dyson, like I mean that correct. Like these guys with with top end speed, and I mean the one thing I will say is they were willing to give uh, what was something Adam Angle. Um, yes, a lot of leash because he was fast and played really good defense. And I think th- that is a good kind of comp in terms Hilson's of Hilson's a better version, right? Yeah, he, he's got he's a version of Adam Engel with a hit tool. So like I like I, like I think there is I put more money on him than I put on uh, um, Malik Smith. Um, OK, in uh, in that main event qualifier that I'm in. Um, and was happy to land Tilson. So uh, I think Tilson is a guy that is a sneaky pickup right now, probably available in way too many leagues. Grab him in 12 teams and deeper and just kind of hope that he can develop a role. All right, well, you've opened my eyes a little bit on Charlie Tilson. A little too late to get him in, in those leagues, but he is still available in others, so I could go back to the well this weekend and take a look at him. I I'm going to add one more gonna guy. be available in, like, like I don't know what his uh, availability is in in the NFPC right now, but I'm I'm guessing he's probably still out there in in a number of leagues. There, there's still going to be availability. I bet he's still available in my TGFBI. I'm actually going to look right now, but I'm going to add one guy and oh, actually no, only in one of my 12 teams, one, one of my onlines, um, and just get your quick 20 seconds on Mac Williamson because I. I fell for it last year, and I don't even want to say fell for it because it wasn't his fault that he had the concussion situation, but he looked like he was going to come up and be a power asset. He seems to have power that can that can defeat the park, mm-hmm. but uh, he was also a big pickup this week. So where are we at on Mac Williamson? Is this something that you're you're buying in on, or is this, is this faulty yet again? I think it's probably faulty yet again, but the Giants— They did have, get rid of Park. Yeah, and the Giants have said they want him to play every day in left field. Okay. Um, and so that being said, a full-time player that has shown, you know, kind of flashes of being uh, a guy who can muscle it out of that park, you know, hitting right-handed is, is a lot better than hitting left-handed in, in Oracle Park. Uh, God, I hate having to call it that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it still bothers me. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he does have some speed to his game, though, I mean, he doesn't necessarily run a ton. Like this is a guy that if he does figure it out could be a valuable 15 team asset. I'm not buying him in league shallower than that though. Okay. So 15 teams and and deeper for Mac Williamson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Um yeah, I bypassed him this week for, you know, just like I said, the fool me once kind of deal. I just I let that one play out I grabbed him in glad. some deeper formats, but like I think he went for like 300 bucks in NL tout and like I I think I'd put like a two dollar bet on him. Like I'm just, like he's never he's we're not talking about guys like 24. He's 28 and he's never done anything in the major league level. Exactly. No, I think that's that's a good way to put it, and uh, that's a good note to end on. So you got to get ready. Go to your daughter's play. Um, We will get this posted this evening, and don't forget to look for the DraftKings game tonight. I'll be posting it shortly probably as you're listening to this it'll likely be up on on twitter uh you can go sign up right now we'll have 150 spots so make sure you jump in there it'll be five dollars standard DraftKings game for the tuesday slate justin great talking with you i'll talk to you later take it easy